Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 241st episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Apit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan Apit. And joining me today, the midnight black to my cosmic red, my podcast ride or die. Find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how you doing today? Howdy do, howdy do. It's another wonderful day in the world. It is indeed. May your coffee coffee be strong, because Lord knows I need my third. Third. <laughs> third. God, I, I had a sort of a, Question a, a quick brain fart where I'm like, three already and it's only like nine in the morning. I'm like, that's right. No, it's it's ticking on probably 4 p.m.-ish, 5 p.m.-ish over your way soon enough. Yeah, I've had to kind of regulate my caffeine and be cautious on where I'm getting my intake from mm-hmm. because I'm really like, like I think I've mentioned earlier, like a few episodes ago where I was really just going straight to the hard stuff of pre-workout. Yeah, that's, so, it's a slippery slope. I'm like, it's, oh, it's a dangerous one. But if you see me snorting pre-workout, then we'll hit a new low. Yeah, we'll, uh, but, we'll certainly get an intervention going if that's the case. I, I appreciate as, it. As far as coffee intake, do you sort of have like a hard and fast rule where you're like, I'm not having any more after three or four or whatever. You've got to cut. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything for me. I could literally have a coffee at seven o'clock and still fall asleep at like eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. But what about as well, like as far as coffee quantity throughout the day, like... Do you, do you sort of say you set yourself a limit of having two or three max or just depend on how you're feeling? Maybe you crave one a bit later and it could be your fourth or your fifth. Who knows? I think three is fair, but that's also under the assumption, like if I go to the gym, then I usually have to cut out the third one because I would be having pre-workout mm. regardless. So, but um, yeah, like coffee unfortunately doesn't give me the same kind of kick as like other caffeine. So I don't know if I've, built up some kind of immunity to Maybe. it or whatever or i don't know but um straight shots too so it's not like it's all milk yeah i i can't do milky coffee like outside of an iced coffee i know we've sort of talked about this uh sporadically over the last 12 months or so but yeah milky coffee outside of yeah an iced i can't do it i i had a had sort of a, a flat white the other day um just because and i'm like oh this is like it was fine and the coffee still tasted nice but it just didn't didn't sit with me the way it does now where I'm just on like a long black. I've got to say the other day, and it's not the best ad to want it, but I saw like an ad for like a cappuccino from McDonald's of all places. But like my brain just went, remember cappuccinos? Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, they're good. Like, and I was really craving like a cappuccino, but I don't think I've had a good one here in America. Yeah, good good coffee can be difficult to find over on uh, in your neck of the woods. Like there is some good places, don't get me so. wrong, but the mainstreamers, like it's like, mm, it's it's not Aussie coffee, you know, or it's not global no. coffee. It's American coffee. That's what I should have done. I should have like become a, like um, a barista. Yep in australia and learnt the ways of how to make a coffee over there and bring it over here so americans can actually know what good coffee tastes like but now now i'm thinking about it getting a cappuccino and just eating that yummy foam the yummy froth on the top the little 
and a little bit of chocolate. Oh my god, it's so yummy! Mm. I remember being a kid and getting the baby chinos from you know at the cafes with your mum and dad or whatever. Little Mm. cup of froth, good times, good times. But um, yeah, coffee's great. Video games is great. The world is pretty great for the most part, depending on where you are, obviously. (laughs) But um, yeah, I haven't been um sort of playing a whole lot this week like uh yeah sort of been pushing through on my hardcore playthrough on resident evil village uh for anyone listening to us right now the uh spoiler cast that i did with ryan betson is available on the same feed so if you haven't listened to that yet be sure to go chuck that in your ear holes when you can really really great game really loving it it's, it's i think it's gonna go down as one of my favorite games for this year when it's all said and done be playing a little bit more Apex, uh, loving that as well. Loving Valkyrie, uh, she's become my new main pretty quickly in the uh, in the old Girl. Apex Legends. Uh, the verticality and the rocket salvos and all that—it's it's just right in my wheelhouse. And she's got some really funny quips talking about you know how hungry she is and uh, you know flirtiness and cheekiness. And she's she's a cool character. I'm a big fan of what they've done with with her. Uh, then I've just been watching stuff. So um. Yeah, like uh, I binged the f- the two seasons of Snowpiercer on Netflix this week. Oh, I need to see the movie. The movie's great. The movie's I really good. I know everyone good. says it's amazing. I'm like, I've got to really sit down and I need a list. Yeah, you <laughs> do. Create a you list. Ne- well, you need a lot of ink because it's going to be a long list uh, to, to write Literally. down. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, binged, binged the, the two seasons on Netflix that they have adapted from the movie, which was adapted from the book. Really, really good. Really enjoyed the really enjoying the tv show or the, the streaming series on netflix there uh started watching uh love love death and robots season two last night as well oh, yeah uh halfway through that that sort of second installment of that and it's great it's just really cool different variations of animation and, and themes and concepts and you know real real funky science fictiony stuff uh really cool like tonally it, it nails it uh, there was a couple I've been really enjoying. A few that were sort of like ho hum out of the four episodes I've seen so far, but two of them that's were really bad. strong. So fifty fifties, all right. But um, outside of that, yeah, just been sort of watching this, that, the other. But um, what about you? Tell me, tell me the things. I see you've uh, jumped back into uh, bed with an old old flame there. Yeah, back to Destiny Two. That's right, listeners, your favorite. Um, so the season of the Splicers started uh, on the oh, Tuesday. Tuesday, I'd like to say. Um, I did not start on Tuesday because Spongey had massive server mm-hmm. issues and people um, had a lot of problems getting in, which is fine. That's okay. I'm, you know, not too desperate to always to be a first day, um, you know, player. So that's okay. Um, so eventually got into it this week um, towards the end and um, really like it. Um, we discussed the overall kind of aesthetic that they've incorporated with like a kind of synthwave meets Tron kind of um, style. And it's really pretty. It's very to my liking. And um, yeah, it's uh, so far the, the gameplay like is you know, as unique as gameplay can be for a Destiny game. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it thus far, um, story-wise as well. So, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, I'm going to jump in and crack on with it a bit over the weekend because uh, cross, cross-play is still not officially active, but then I saw some tweets where on, I don't know if it was for every version of the game for people, but there was cross-play enabled on, on a few people's games. Yes. Which yes, was kind of cool um, to see, but I think they've since pulled that out again. 
well, they were actually pretty good about it. When that um, a few people kind of brought it to their attention, they eventually did put out like a post and a tweet saying, "Hey, just letting you guys know that some people got access to the crossplay that um, shouldn't be available just yet. So we will fix it up, but in between that time, enjoy it." That's great. And I'm like, so oh, like that's so cool. Like that, they're, they're like, we're not going to rush to it, so we might as well just. Um, just let people enjoy it. Hey, it's a good way to stress test unless unless that's like kind of maybe what they were sneakers. Yeah, thinking, they were I like, oh, no, it's accidentally on. Enjoy it, winky face. And yeah, they're yeah. doing some little <laughs> mini stress tests. But like I can't wait for the crossplay to be officially active and then we can jump on because I know, yeah, you're, you're sort of embedded on the PC with Destiny primarily. Uh, yeah. you know, Benny, myself, and NATO, we're we're hanging out on the Xbox with the the Game Pass, uh, Destiny Two Love, and we're just waiting to be able to connect that bridge and uh, all go rumble together. It'd be great. Like um, like I love Destiny, but I definitely love Destiny more with friends. Yeah. So I look forward to when that day happens. Me too. So. Me too. But I, I think uh, Benny and I are going to try and play some of this season of the Slicer over this weekend. So uh, very much looking forward to cracking in. I, I downloaded, it was like a seven and a half gig update on the old Xbox that I, I got to run last night for for this season of the Slicer um, content. So uh, Slicer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Splicer. Yeah. Slicer. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, there is a typo in the document. Oh my God, I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. I, just think of the um, Australian ice cream splice. Oh, splices are yummy, by the way. I used to like them, but I have this thing now wherever I eat ice blocks or ice-related um, like paddle pops or whatever, and it cuts up my tongue. Oh, really? Is it the stick yeah, or the ice cream every- that does that? It's the ice, like the icy Jesus pills. Christ, you must be eating some really cold ice creams. I know they can get pretty icy in the, in the back of the freezer. <laughs> full, full guilt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely don't wait. <laughs> like, pull it out of the bag, just more the packet. So, God, uh, ice creams um, are great. They are good. But yeah, and, and you've been playing another little ditty on uh, Apple Arcade yes. as well. Tell me about this one because I know nothing about so, it. So, Taiko no Tatsujin. Pop, t- it's pop tap beat. The English I get wrong. Pop tap beat. It's a. It was a switch. I was so focused on saying the other stuff right. Um, it was originally on the switch, and it's a drum like a classic like Japanese arcade like drum beat to the rhythm mm-hmm. kind of video game, and it was released on the switch. Um, they even um had the like little drum kit that you could buy, so you could actually play along on like a little drum kit. Yeah. Um. And I was actually really keen on getting it, but I think when it came out, there was like issues where the the kit wasn't available straight away, and I think maybe the pricing was a bit off for me. Um, I did try the demo though. Uh, anyway, I was perusing Apple Arcade, and there it was. I'm like, are you serious? So installed it at the start of the week, played it nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> My poor husband has had to hear like like the theme song to um, Dragon Ball and um, One Piece and Neon Genesis. Like, <laughs> the poor thing has been hearing the same. But that's my problem with the game. I, it's fun. I love rhythm games, but the selection is very, very few. And it's a shame because I would just love to keep like, you know, banging out um on other tracks so um 
but it's cute. It's adorable. Um, anyone that followed me on Instagram got to see a little snippet of um, me playing. Um, but yeah, uh, it, me pitching the Apple Arcade, I'm still genuinely surprised sometimes of the quality content that I get to, you know, access via Apple Arcade. Like I said, it's like a it's like a one, you know, monthly subscription and you have access to Apple Arcade and then it's just like all these weight like these different games on the what I would refer to as like, you know, console quality with some of them, console quality games on your phone. So it is a great little service yeah. and it's at a very yeah. respectable price. It's like what, six bucks a month, I think, maybe Australian or maybe a couple of dollars more. I like don't it's know how much, yeah. It's reasonable, but I think Anyone that did have the Apple TV got some Apple Arcade access for for free included in the first couple of months as well. So mm-hmm. you can dip a toe and see if there's something in it for you. And with the controller support, you can play using your PlayStation controller um, through your Apple yeah. TV and stuff. So you could get these gaming experiences on your couch and not have to worry about playing on a phone or a tablet. But that's the thing, right? It's like I can't be effed getting out of bed and so I just either pull out my phone or pull out my um, tablet and my iPad and just play the games there. It's been great. Just a bit of pop-tap beat. Yeah, a little (laughs) pop-tap beat. (laughs) Words are hard. Words are hard and it's it's funny with words being hard when we're we're making a podcast which is made predominantly of words but uh, we make it work for the most part, I find. (laughs) Uh, we speak good, we speak good. bad. <laughs> we speak good. Uh, speaking of good things, um, obviously, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, Kofi.com forward slash we are 8 bit if you wanted to get behind us and support us monetarily. That would be fantastic. $5 AUD a month gets you access to a ton of early content, exclusive podcasts, automatic entries into our monthly giveaways, as well as the hub to get swag that you cannot get anywhere else such as our 8-bit founders coin as we mentioned these are a single run print so once these things are sold out they're never going to get redone again so get a piece of history get some of that 8-bit coin over at kofi.com forward slash we are 8-bit or get immortalized in the 8-bit family portrait our 2021 edition obviously is star wars themed so you can get yourself kitted out as whoever you want from that star wars universe as long as they haven't already been selected first. So, uh, you know, get in while you can. Get yourself mm. a customized avatar as well as the overall group shot at the end of the year once that thing is properly closed off as well. But on the Kofi discussion, uh, they are bringing out uh, tiered based subscriptions in the very not too or in the not too distant future. So there will be a little bit of a reshuffle as far as different levels to entry uh, to enter and support us if you choose to so uh keep your eyes and ears peeled on that we'll tell you the second that does come out just to uh give you a couple mm. of options if you want to sort of throw some cash behind 8-bit or the hungry gamers and uh what we're doing here uh, as as we said though no pressure if, if you don't or you can't your your listens and your social commentary is more than enough but be sure to rate view subscribe us on all those podcast players probably apple Podcasts if you can because it helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts And last but certainly not least, our May giveaway is live, uh, as we alluded to last week. Simply to get in on the action to be in the running, just uh, write a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, screenshot that review, email it to us, hello at 8bit.net, DM us, uh, we are are 8bit on the socials, or drop it in on to one of us on Discord or wherever. Wherever you're currently communicating to any one of ourselves or 8bit as a whole, just grab us a screen grab of that review and send it through. 
And you can win yourself an Audio-Technica Creator Pack Pro, an 8-Bit Founders Coin, as well as some additional 8-Bit swag. And for anyone that entered through our April giveaway and you weren't the winner, shout out again to Limo Tank for picking up that April win. Uh, your entry will carry through as well. So you don't need to keep doing these repeat reviews and sending it through. It's going to carry through. So you just got to do it once and then you're in the running until you potentially win or maybe we shuffle up the ways to uh, win win competitions here. So uh, yeah, easy done. But uh, yeah, 8-Bit and Audio-Technica giving away a ton of stuff there for May. And on the topic of Audio-Technica, what do you think, Miss Hart? Do you think we should do a little old rad, ad read? Little rad read? Little rad read. Little rad ad read. So listeners, whether you're a budding podcaster, streamer, YouTuber, or just an audiophile, Audio-Technica has got you covered with the best range of audio, uh, audio equipment in the market today. If you've listened to us at least once before, there's a strong chance you've heard us talk about our podcast origin story and the fact that Audio-Technica have been with us from the very beginning. Our first mic we ever hungry gaming into was the AT2020. As well as you know, you never forget your first. Navigating the world of video games and pop culture with the leaders in audio-based equipment has been quite the journey. The news is not always positive, but our audio quality most certainly is. Audio-Technica are your audio-based one-up. Put a soundbite in there for future, I think. That would weave in nicely. But also weaving in nicely, uh, we're giving away one of those Content Creator Pack Pros, uh, which obviously includes an Audio-Technica AT2020 USB Plus microphone, a set of ATH M20X headphones, and a handy boom arm to mount that sexy AT2020 USB Plus mic. It is the perfect kit to get you started on the road's audio-based greatness. But if content creating isn't your thing, fear not as Audio-Technica can upgrade your vinyl recording listening experience with a sexy range of turntables, improve your KD ratio via their market-leading wired or wireless gaming headsets, or just improve your general listening experience thanks to their wide range of headphones that come with all the latest bells and whistles, Bluetooth, noise cancelling, in-ear or over-ear, they've got it all. There's truly something for everybody over at audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au. Miss Hart, let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right, a couple of quick hitters here. Target acquired rapid fire shots from around the industry this past week. The first one, Disney Plus has climbed past 103 million subscribers. Got emotional there. I did. I did. It's uh, it's good to see. You know, we all know that Disney needs more money. So uh, yes, <laughs> that small company, Disney. The rich getting richer. Oh. So that's concurrent, like active. That's active subscribers. One hundred and three million active subs on the Disney Plus platform, and I only see that further growing as they buy and acquire more streaming services, and then embed all that into Disney Plus and build out that catalog even more. Oh, yeah, Disney Plus is inclusive of other things as well. I keep forgetting that because um, what I was going to ask about it being uh, active users, active subscribers, is I know HBO definitely would see a wonderful like rise and fall in subscriptions to their streaming services based on whatever show is uh, like mm-hmm. that their hot, hot show is uh, streaming. A lot of people were um, always kind of admitting to the fact that they would s- subscribe or like, you know, sign up at the start of a season of Game of Thrones and then the second that was over, it's out it goes. But um, 
Disney's been really smart with how they've been releasing some of these like fantastic Marvel and Star Wars shows and really not having that void where people don't have the content to like just each week. So when does Loki start? Uh, I think it's the second week of June. Thereabouts. Mm, it's some. It's, it's okay. early to midish June at the like. Let's say the first third of June, somewhere around there. So it's only only a handful of weeks away. And, and as you said, I think they're very clever as far as uh, having their release slate, making it hard for you to get out. Like not saying that it's trapped and it's Stockholm syndrome or anything like that, but it's like they're dropping regular new content at a frequency where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna hang around even if there is a couple of week lapse. Yeah, like going from Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Loki in the span of a month-ish. And then it was vice versa with WandaVision into uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that. They're just going, here's a block. You've got a couple of weeks to breathe and readjust and, and talk about how great an experience it was. And here's something else that's coming and something else and something else. Obviously, like, you know, we've got Star Wars with the Bad Batch that's come out as well, which is running yeah. around getting some good press too. And yeah, it's just, uh, you're never go- you're never going to leave. Never going to leave old Disney Plus. Once you're in, you're in. We own you forever. Oh, yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, own forever, Square Enix uh, could potentially own most of us forever as far as their earning reports. So uh, they've just announced their fiscal year earnings for 2020 and reported the highest revenues in company history. Uh, Obviously, their fiscal year ended on March 31st. Net sales were reported at $3 billion, which is up 27.6% year over year. The company noted that releases of Marvel's The Avengers and Final Fantasy VII Remake contributed to higher net sales for digital entertainment than last year. Net sales were up 40% year over year. So that's uh, approximately $2.4 billion US dollars. So uh, obviously this is the, the time in the industry where all these companies are, are sharing their earnings reports and having their board meetings and, and high-fiving each other, paying out chunky bonuses, and also then road mapping what's coming in the future. But uh, it just seems like not only with, with the way COVID changed how we consume content and getting us more indoors, hence meaning more gaming for people, but also we had a couple of pretty big releases there, yeah, with with um, Final Fantasy VII Remake and... Um, you know, Marvel's The Avengers, herky-jerky release, yeah. still <laughs> on a little bit of minor life support. Like, the game ain't out of the woods yet. Like, they're still supporting this game and, and got this roadmap of content planned for 2021. But I worry, but at least it, you know, I gave them that cash injection last year when the game came out, at least. So that's a positive, is it? Yeah. I mean, like, Marvel's Avengers has still has a very niche fan base that is still pretty excited for some of the content. I know uh, only in the past few months, like they kind of dropped a few new things, uh, considering the gap where they had nothing. Um, so uh, Final Fantasy, though, I believe that one definitely, definitely busted some sales because um, old fans came to it, new fans came to it, and um, it it it's won a bunch of awards it's stunning so, um, it looks like yeah. i'm I'm still like full disclosure still yet to play it i bought myself a copy i'm part of these uh these uh massive growth periods here that square enix have uh encountered in the past 12 months but i will play it eventually and it's it looks stunning it's reviewed really well and they're pretty smart slash cheeky slash clever as far as 
taking this full game from back in the PlayStation, the old four disc classic, and going, you know what, we're going to release this in chapters or sections or whatever you want to call it at at a pretty high price. They're going to be making more cash over the next couple of years as they roll this game out. What's that new content that they're dropping where um, they've had the inclusion of... Yeah, with uh, Yuffie and... um... That's it. Um, is is was that was that like uh, free DLC or is that also paid? Um, I think I'm just having a look now. One. So, oh, okay, so yeah, uh, with this, yeah, so they got they got Yuffie and um, in Integrade, which is the she gets her own DLC episode. But yeah, they they've certainly got a deep a deep roster to to play with and work with as far as um yeah what they can bring in and and who they can pull through and get money out of it's you know you can't fault them and there's there's a hunger for it so yeah so integrate coming out next month on uh june the 10th we don't have to wait too long um and yeah it's priced it's uh 69.99 us dollars uh so yes 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 but that is that's like the ps5 version of final fantasy 7 so it's going to have a nice uh extra coat of paint and uh you get that new episode with with y- yuffie yuffie i always sorry i'm, I'm bastardizing your name <laughs> cute final fantasy character I think girl I, I think it is yeah yeah so you get that get that base game you get the ps5 upgrade and then you get um the the yuffie uh yeah chapter in there as well to play through but yeah then we get some some future content down the line no doubt with uh with more characters coming in and uh at a, at a hefty price but anyway i can't fault them for doing what they're doing yeah i mean square enix um makes pretty decent content i'm still gonna say questionable on marvel's avengers <laughs> but hey i'm a bit of a wet sock so a wet um, sock yeah wet sock have you ever put your foot in a wet sock i have it's not good it's not good so <laughs> i know a lot of people probably hate my negative opinions of marvel's avengers so um you know wet sock wet sock that's great but i think like on on the marvel front before before we jump onto this next little quick hit point the just weird weird decisions from upper management it's like why like let's release two new characters uh that are pretty much very similar and play like have the same types of traits and abilities and stuff with uh, inst- instead of jumping in and getting the hype going with the Spider-Man character coming in or uh, getting Black Panther in early after the tragic passing of, of Chadwick Boseman to get him in, like to get the character in there. But instead, it's like, no, we'll, we'll go to, uh, you know, two ranged characters that like to use bow and arrows. We'll do them back to back. It's like, why? What are you doing? They're both Hawkeye. I know you love Hawkeye, but you know what I mean? Like, couldn't they have they staggered it a little bit? Anyway, I haven't played this game in a long time, so I can't bitch and moan too much because, yeah, it's it's not in my rotation at the moment, which sucks because I played it pretty regularly when it came out. Is this another one that accepts money? Yeah, you can buy you can buy skins and um, emotes and things via way of their little their little eShop. Yeah, that means people did. Yes, yes. I may or may not have bought a Black Widow emote once. Well, well, well. But uh, in much positive, more positive. Oh, well, I think it's positive news. I know you're on the fence about this potentially, but uh, PlayStation Five in the last forty-eight hours have announced two new DualSense controller options. 
uh, unveiling the Midnight Black and Cosmic Red variants of their PS5 DualSense controller. So uh, we polled this over on the IG and uh, the poll results went 65% to Cosmic Red and 35% to Midnight Black. I like the look of both of these, but you don't follow a similar tune to me on this, do you? I think they look boring as shit. Um, (laughs) I don't know, like... Yeah, like bringing out like new controllers i thought I, I don't know i kind of expected maybe something a bit like unique in design maybe some texture maybe some kind of graphic or something but um they're very basic colors like i guess if i had to choose one i would choose black because <laughs> i really don't like this cosmic red that in my eyes looks like um, like a deep dark like magenta mm. I think that it's the blue tinge that I can see that's also really throwing me off on both of these controllers. Like, I can just see the blue hue that's in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with my white one. I'll, I'll, I think I'll stick to that. I'm, uh, like I'm trading my white one in. My, my white I, stock, because you can trade it in over here and get one of these controls, I think, for 40 bucks or something. Like, it's, it's highway robbery because it's the same goddamn controller, just a different color. But, like... I, I want one of but these. But it has a new hat. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm um, getting Malibu Stacey'd something fierce over here. But uh, yeah, I, I like them both, to be completely honest. I think they both look nicer, at least for my aesthetic and my sort of vibe compared to the, the white-black hybrid that you get with your, your base PS5. Um, mm. I still wish, and like I know we see a lot of the art mock-ups and then the options to buy the blades and, and reskin your, your PlayStation 5 with, say, the black blades and stuff. Like, the all-black PlayStation 5s look, like, stunning. Like, they're gorgeous. And I'd say eventually we're going to get a, a variation release on that officially through Sony where we will have a different colored um, PlayStation available. I don't know if they're going to go throwback and do, like, the old PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, like, light gray color. Maybe they'll bring one out like that as a little retro homage. But... Yeah. I like these controls. I think they both look really nice. Even the cosmic red. I don't care if it's magenta. I'm in. I like it. I just, I, f- I just feel like when you're about to release your like, I guess next batch of controllers, releasing two of them and then one of them being basic black. Like if they just said like, hey, we're releasing the black version of um the controller then i'll be like okay cool you know but then they're like oh we've got like then they did like this whole like galaxy kind of trailer thing and they're like you know midnight black and cosmic red and i was just like what Mm. um throw a purple in there if you're gonna you know do some like kind of cosmic galaxy kind of style if they did a purple i'd be very interested to see what that would have looked like maybe i would have had a change of tune Mm. um but yeah just Black's black, and like this red color just doesn't tickle me. So that's fine. That's fine. You can continue to be a wet sock on these things. <laughs> the dryer must be broken. <laughs> I swear. I don't have a dryer anymore, and it breaks my heart. But anyway, uh, this this is not going to be the last time we're going to get different colored controllers. Like the the Sony's, the Nintendo's, the Microsoft's. They do this every quarter or every you know at least at least every six months. They're they're bringing out some funky new in air quotes, limited edition controller colors to get people hyped and, and get a nice little hardware uh, cash injection. So maybe we'll get that uh, that purple dual sense later this year or a blue or greens or yellows. You know, they, they like running around and sticking with primary and secondary colors, that's for sure. 
That's true. I mean, maybe we at 8-Bit can just write into PlayStation and just, you know, pitch our 8-Bit purple yeah. and just say, yeah. hey, here's, here's something and I think you'll like Everyone it. Everyone loves purple. Anyone that doesn't, does. not our friends. I don't know why. I don't know why I took such a strong stance over the shade of purple on controllers, but uh, <laughs> it's now immortalized forever. <laughs> That's where I stand. It's where I'm, I'm planting my flag and I'm dying on a hill over a purple-coloured controller. But not really. I'll probably change that opinion. And Yeah, I have controls of many colours. But anyway, um, on to some more Meteor news. So uh, obviously on the brand that we've had for this past week or so regarding full-year earnings and things, we've got, uh, got a little update that's come through from the, the folk over at Ubisoft. So uh, part of their their sort of call to, to go through their their performance figures and, and how they did. Uh, there was some big things that was a bit of a takeaway. So um, outside of talking about how they're going to make more money, there was a bit of a shift as far as uh, where their focus and their, their model for gaming will be moving forward. Um, so on the back of this, uh, this year, Ubisoft released some vague... Vague's maybe a bit of a too aggressive a word. Some some broader plans as far as um, yeah, making some of their investors potentially a little bit nervous uh, because this quote come directly from Frederick Dugier, the Ubisoft CFO. He said, in line with the evolution of our high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium AAAs per year. Additionally, we are building our high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term. Ubisoft has further clarified its commitment to big-budget games, however. In a new statement shared with Eurogamer, in it the publisher says it is not reducing its typical AAA output, instead saying, Mm -hmm. our intention is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love. Across all platforms, Ubisoft spokesperson said, we're excited to be investing more in free-to-play experiences. However, we want to clarify that this does not mean reducing our AAA offering. Our aim is to continue to deliver premium experiences to players such as Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, oh, Riders Republic, and Skull and Bones, oh, to name a few, while also expanding our free-to-play portfolio and strengthening our brands to reach even more players, end quote. So it seems old uh, Frederick Duget... Ubisoft CEO maybe uh, shot from the hip a little bit there in their earnings call and sort of, uh, I don't know if he, he just phrased things incorrectly because there was a lot of discourse on the socials where they're like, Ubisoft not doing AAA, they're going free to play microtransactions, rah, 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 fuck Ubisoft. You know, there was the pitchforks and the flaming mm-hmm. torches out ready to go and march on, on the Ubisoft capital. But uh, they've since pivoted and... Uh, re-emphasize that no we're still doing triple a's we're still going to take your money in full but also free to play is coming so we're going to get you death by a thousand cuts with microtransactions too what do you think about this i mean i always thought there was like just maybe a misunderstanding based on like maybe what um the cfo thinks of triple a and what triple a means um the the titles that you so politely uh gave your opinions on um mid, mid readout <laughs> can't say i'm looking forward to them either mm. um it, it, it like on that front it like it went top of the mountain far cry six hell yeah Giancarlo Esposito, give me some of that. And then it just went, it's like I got kicked off that mountain. I was just rolling and tumbling down. It's like Rainbow Six Quarantine. So I'm like, man, you set the bar high. 
then you stabbed me with that bar, and then you beat me with that bar, and then you pissed on me Damn. with that bar. Um, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the main thing when it comes to Ubisoft is um, people just wanting, like, you know how Ubisoft is like, there's always a game. There's always, they're always launching. There's always going to be a um, Assassin's Creed um and like i guess like just other little titles like well you're gonna get like the division and stuff like that you're gonna get these these games every other Mm. year that are cyclical and and seasonal they are finding themselves with some kind of like issues though with the the triple a's that they release like unfortunately watch dogs 2 um that that kind of fizzled Right, like it fizzled. It fizzled. Yeah, and no and, and then like now. yeah, Legion. Legion was was good. Uh, I I enjoyed my time with it. Like Immortals: Phoenix Rising's a nice, I guess, success story for them. A lot of people seem to be yeah, people digging that. But that. yeah, Legion was a bit ho hum. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I adored. You get people like going, "Oh, it's too big a game." It's it's like you can't win. Like you see the people like, "Give me eight to ten hour experiences instead of this bloated Valhalla." I agree, though. As a person who doesn't like major story-driven games and, you know, single file, this is essentially what you must follow to play this game. Um, Actually, also speaking of Resident Evil, a lot of people are so happy with the length of Resident Evil. Um, I remember when you told me last week how long it took you to play the game and you finished it. I was a bit like, I'm like... I'm surprised people haven't been angry about how short of a game it is. But on the other side of the coin, like this week, I've actually seen like tons of people on Twitter saying, I'm happy how short, like the the length of Resident Evil. It's a good, decent sized story game. And and then I thought about Valhalla where everyone said this game goes for too long. I, I won't, I will not finish this game. It's very daunting. Like I've I've finished Valhalla and it was an experience where I thought a few times during that game, I'm like, okay, I'm coming into the final act now only to find out that I'm like halfway through the game now or I'm two thirds <laughs> of the way through the game now. And it was, it was a lot. Like my total runtime, I think from to completion was somewhere in the realm of 80-ish hours, I think if I remember right. And you know that's great, yeah. and it's it's money well invested. Like, and I love my time with the game, but that that isn't as you were saying. Like, it's not for everybody. Like, it can be daunting, a bit overwhelming, where you can smash out Ari Village in anywhere from. Well, the, the, someone I saw the other day finished the game in an hour and a half, which is absolutely fucking crazy. Well, that's. But yeah. like, there's an achievement <laughs> in the game to finish the game under three hours. So like, you can see oh, okay. the types of runs you can do where it is just forward, forward, forward. Grab what only the essential items you have to kill the essential things you need to, and you know, kite your way around everything else to push. But um, yeah, I I finished uh, village in yeah, it was around ten ish hours. But I know probably an hour or so of that I could have easily cut out because I was just running around completing areas or looking for ways into certain parts so yeah there's mm-hmm. you know there's different different experiences and different amounts of time to these games doesn't make either of the games better or worse but i think it just depends on what time you've got available and what you're looking for so i could understand where ubisoft would be wanting to reevaluate um how they churn out triple a games like 
the amount of time and investment on making these games would you be focusing on making an extensively long video game story narrative or would they actually want to start taking a step back and saying hey is there a way that we can make these games completely accessible and maybe uh, give people a fulfilling end yeah which which is interesting like if they do go down this free-to-play route where it becomes games as a service and maybe you're just buying future DLCs. You know, you get the base game for free and then with every new expansion you pay, I don't know, 20, 30, whatever it is, you know, whatever sum of money to get access to that new content or that new area or that those new characters or whatever they're going to do. Like, it makes sense and it's it's more palatable for gamers too. And, you know, like money money's tough for everybody and, and having to pony up, hundred plus dollars for the big experience where maybe you can get the baseline game and then just buy these little kernels for 20 30 bucks at a time and just chip away at them over time and get you get your experience that way maybe maybe that is a bit of a smart strategy like obviously they're going to be riddled with microtransactions and cosmetic purchases and stuff as well to try and get those little ticket clips but maybe it is a smart way to sort of pivot and and have two two strategies going with with UB moving forward to be fair though i think what obviously end game of the division kind of got boring after a while but i know that when they announced that they were releasing new content um i was excited but then i think that that was you had to pay for it like it was content that had mm-hmm. to be paid for yep. and i just it it didn't appeal to me so i i think that's when i officially just like let go of the division too yeah yeah it's it's yeah the, the the tough part for these these devs is you know there there isn't one solution i guess outside of just yeah. saying you know this is the only way to buy this game uh and you get it all in full now all future contents available at this purchase but outside of that like everything costs money and and then it can be jarring and yeah you're like well you've lost me i had a good time with this but now you want me to pay 30 40 bucks for this dlc i'm out you know like where's yeah Where's the where's the um the the walking of the plank occur where where you're just like no nah, I'm done I'm out of here so uh, yeah but anyway it's interesting and and it's cool that they're they're still trying to find that secret source and and work out um what's happening when when are we going to get uh you know future announcements on some of their other games who knows but they've got a very deep 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 portfolio to draw down from and uh yeah we'll see what happens with uh this free to play pivot that uh you be uh starting to work on too um some other great news i think especially here for any any gamers in australia cisco elysium's australian ban has been overturned the australian classification review board has reversed the ban on disco elysium the final cut after developer za slash um formally challenged the decision it seems the tipping point for the game's ban stemmed from Disco Elysium's depiction of drug use and the temporary benefits it offers your character. However, as reported by Kotaku, the review board, which is separate to the classif- uh, classification board that originally refused to classify the game, has specifically made clear that Disco Elysium's depiction of drug use is shown in ultimately negative light such that it can now receive an R18 classification. And here comes a quote. In the review board's opinion... While drug use linked to incentives and reviews cannot be accommodated at R18+, this game does provide disincentives related to drug-taking behavior to the point where regular drug use leads to negative consequences for the player's progression in the game. 
It was specifically the disincentives for drug use that influenced the review board in making their decision. Drug use is not explicitly depicted within the game, end quote. So this classification means that Disco Elysium, the final cut, can now be sold in Australia without impediment, although the R18 rating means that only adults can purchase the game, obviously. Despite the refused classification, the final cut and the original unclassified version of Disco Elysium was still available to buy on Steam in Australia while the game was technically banned. Uh, so great news for ZAUM to uh, get this overturned and great news for the Australian gaming market where they can get a hold of what many call one of the best RPGs of the last decade. Like everybody loves Disco Elysium and I've been hankering to get in on it, but I wanted to buy a proper copy. So now I finally can. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really proud of them to actually, you know, stick up for themselves and actually put their foot forward and say, like, no, this um, this previous ban wasn't actually justified. Here's the reasons why. And then they were actually able to get it overturned and agreed with. Um, I'm curious still, like, these, like, these strong um, classifications and that the Australian um, review boards have. Like, I wonder how much that's going to still impact future games. There's still a lot of games out there with very questionable content. It's very curious to see what is allowed and what isn't. Um, I guess the major one has been usually associated with drug use. Um, I'm trying to remember the horror game that got banned, but then they took whatever out. Uh, Outlast? Was it Outlast? Outlast 2. Yeah. Outlast 2, two got yeah. refused classification for a hot minute. And it's it's just weird. Like, it's so ass backwards, this board here, especially in Australia. Like, we we can go to the movies and watch Spiral, the, the new Saw movie that's got apparently one of the most violent death scenes in the entire franchise's history. No yep. issues. We can go watch movies depicting rape and abuse and sexual assault and drug use and all this kind of stuff. We can stream it at home. We can get it from a blockbuster without issue. But it's like, oh, if you've got to press a button to actually make that happen, no, 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 you're not trusted. Even if it is R18, like it's so, so antiquated and so dumb. And I know we've talked about this ad nauseum over the last few years with some of these decisions, but. It's just so dated and silly and they need to grow up. I know that's a dumb way to describe it, but like... Especially something based on the fact where they themselves need to look at gaming from a grown act, like a, an adult perspective, that video games are no longer just a kid's thing. It is for adults. Exactly. And like you mentioned, we are able to literally get the same, maybe worse content on our TVs at home. And a child could access it too if they really wanted to, depending on the parent. And mind you, same thing goes for video mm-hmm. games. I know that I played GTA when I wasn't allowed to. Um, but, I mean, even Mortal Kombat I wasn't allowed to play. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Stop um, punching that guy just, in the nuts, Ali. <laughs> yeah, that's what my parents had a problem with. Not the, uh, you know, decapitation <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. It was... <laughs> It was the nut shots. Oh! <laughs> I used to love that um, part where it would just, there was that one, like you'd yeah, drop down lower the Johnny Cage nut punch and whoever the character was, they'd, they'd sort of grab their groin ear and look at the camera and be like, oh, the squinch, squished up like lemon face. <laughs> anyway, back to more serious discussion. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 
just yeah classification board review board two entities controlling this stuff gatekeeping video gaming yet you can buy crazy novels from the bookstore that depict all this kind of shit you don't get check for id buying a book yeah streaming services jb hi-fi you can buy much worse much more twisted content anywhere that gets sort of free passes constantly but because this has got some form of interactive media association to it it's like oh no it's bad because it's gonna yeah plant these seeds that they're gonna you know start taking drugs now because look at the benefits of this game is showing it's just like oh my god I'm just going to call bullshit. I play Cooking Mama and I'm still not the best cook. So. <laughs> bullshit Australia. That's the best, yeah. Yeah, just, just grow up. Wake up, you damn fools. All right, next bit of news. Discord is rebranding to shift away from gaming. Interesting. It doesn't have a new name, but Discord is effectively rebranding away from being an app dedicated to helping gamers communicate with one another during a tense online match. So this is some, some verbiage from Endgadget. In a blog post published this past Tuesday, the company announced it's changing its focus to make its software into a place where anyone can find a community, create their own chat server, and talk to their friends whether they're into gaming or not. Games are what brought many of you to the platform and will always be grateful for that, the company said. Today, many of you use Discord for day-to-day communication. You're sharing thoughts about books, music, and art, creating servers to just be yourself and share moments with friends, end quote. Practically speaking, what the branding means for current and more specifically new Discord users is, in quotes, streamlined onboarding experience and updated templates that make it easier to set up a server. Moving forward, there'll also be fewer jokes within the app referencing games to make sure everyone can take part in the fun. Moreover, Discord also claims user safety will be a major focus. We will continue to take decisive action against white supremacists, racists, and others who seek to use Discord for evil, the company said. Discord says it also fixed hundreds of bugs as well as increased voice and video capacity by 200%. This is great. I think people have been using Discord for things like this for a long time, and maybe they're just now making an official announcement. Like, it's it's a comm server that you can make a hub into whatever you like, but I guess because it did originate in the gaming world... Uh, they, yeah. they need to have that sort of line in the sand now where they're like, we're more than just gaming. And it's it's cool because it is a great hub and it's a great tool for communities to come together and talk about their passions. It is. And it's been, it's actually been relatively um, useful. It's, um, I'm trying to think now, like how we as groups used to communicate together communally um before discord where like you know you'd have common interests or maybe you were all fans of a streamer or a particular comedy group gaming group whatever Mm. and now we can just all like congregate onto this you know their discord channel you can set up multiple things where you don't have to talk about that one specific topic and they actually incorporated that is it live chat where like the streamer or, or whoever owns the channel, you can kind of have now almost like, I guess, like a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that maybe Discord saw how much um, people, just general people, were very getting very used to online meeting, you know, communicating, and they're like, okay, we can see how we can be also front runners with this. We're going to have to get rid of the whole gaming thing so it doesn't seem like we're very you know specific on who we reach out to so then we are accessible to everyone and you know turn into a you know big player in the field essentially 
yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I guess they, they want to, yeah, step out of just the gaming spotlight and, yeah, if they can eventually mm-hmm. potentially go head-to-head with with your Skypes or your Zooms and things where it could be seen as a, as a platform for business, uh, but then you could, yeah, have, have community-based hubs for said business on there. So it's smart. It's smart. And obviously, the, the company is valued very highly. When, when businesses are trying to buy a Discord for $10 billion, it shows yes. that they've got some potential here and they've got a good amount of market share that uh, investors are wanting to try and get a piece of. So it's in, it's good to see. And I like that they're, they've sort of had their little quote slash mission statement where they're wanting to take decisive action against, you know, people using Discord for evil and, and all the yeah, other sort of categories that fall onto there. So that's going to be the biggest thing for this type of platform too, is it's all well and good giving this hub to make a community, but if people don't feel safe in that community or, or are feeling uh, neglected or getting abused or whatever it might be, bullied, uh, they need to be on that kind of stuff, you know, then and there as, as quick as they can and stomp that out because, yeah, you don't want that type of dark, evil culture and, and sort of mentality that, to seep into into these communities that they want to try and foster. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. I Like I said, I appreciate Discord and honestly can't remember a time without it now so yeah it, it's just become like you know when we were kiddos it was msn messenger you know that was like our little go-to hub icq icq uh yahoo and stuff like that this has become AOL. that that hub uh but it's awesome <sighs> it's awesome you know it's, it's a forum it's a chat hub it's a video call you can play games mm-hmm. you can do everything on there like it's smart that they've got so much utility on that platform it's yeah. a power tool and Can't who eventually ends up buying them for some absor- absurd amount absurd of money. Absurd yeah. <laughs> and the last bit of news. I think this one's a bit exciting for you, Miss Hart. Insomniac Creative Director Marcus Smith says there's nothing really stopping the studio from making a sequel to the Xbox-exclusive Sunset Overdrive for PlayStation and that That's he'd cool. love to return to the series. Speaking of GQ, Smith was asked if it was possible to make a Sunset Overdrive now that the studio was owned by Sony. And he says, I mean... Never say never is my approach, he replied. Obviously, we're part of Sony now, but we own the IP, so there's nothing really stopping us other than that we have a lot of really exciting things in our future. That idea is backed by the fact that Sony itself recently registered a a trademark for Sunset Overdrive. While by no means a confirmation that the company will make a sequel, it does mean that it could. Smith, who directed Sunset Overdrive and is directing Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, also made clear that he'd like to try his hand at a sequel. I think there are a lot of stories that can be told in that universe and I would love to return to it. I had a lot of fun making that game, end quote. I know this game rated very, very highly for yourself. You adored your time in Sunset Overdrive. And the thoughts of getting a second go around at this as a PlayStation 5 exclusive one would imagine is exciting, yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, anyone saying Sunset Overdrive Two is being made, I didn't care what console they said. If it was Switch exclusive, if they said it was Xbox exclusive, hell, if they said it was Stadia exclusive, <laughs> I would get it. Like, 
think um, I would not care. Um, I loved Sunset Overdrive so much. It just really encompassed a lot of the things that I, I really enjoy in gaming, like just an open world, um, wacky styles. It was vibrant and colorful. The movement set was a lot of fun. I think the only thing it faulted on was probably end game content as well as having some issues on the multiplayer front. But overall, the universe is just so much fun. Um, I, I just absolutely adored it. And I've just been sitting around twiddling my thumbs waiting for a number two. So, oh, that's bad word <laughs> on my part. Um, waiting for a number two and you wet socks. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, that reminds me of a story my friend told me. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Coming soon to uh, Is This Thing On episode near you. Yeah, will she tell it? We'll find out. Um but anyway, Sunset Overdrive 2, uh, I'm excited. Uh, anyone that hasn't played uh, Sunset Overdrive, the original, I believe it's still a part of Game Pass if you're a Game Pass mm-hmm. member, I believe. Yeah. Um, don't hold me to it. But um, give it a go. It In some areas, it feels dated. Like, I'm going to admit that. But um, if you just want, like, a fun kind of throwaway game where even the in-game audio was lots of fun, I think musically it was really good. Um, there's a lot of things in regards to movement wise that I usually find reminiscent to like skateboarding, like a lot of, um, like what you would for like skateboard grinding and movement and kind of like transferring between lines and such. So yeah, it was lots of fun, fast paced, lots of fun, very cheeky. Um, bring on, bring on that number two. Yeah, bring on that number two. And it's. It's crazy the the trajectory that Insomniac have been on. Like this game was a Microsoft exclusive uh, several Mm -hmm. years ago when it when it got announced and released with much critical acclaim, really well reviewed. Everyone really really enjoyed their time with Sunset Overdrive, and then Insomniac obviously got acquired by Sony and have since gone on to make the Spider Man games, and they're making Ratchet and Clank with Depart. Like the the star is shining very brightly. In, in the sky for Insomniac these days, rightfully so. And maybe down the line, you know, maybe five years' time, we're going to get a Sunset Overdrive sequel and uh, it's probably going to be awesome and look stunning and be Wait, really fun years? to play. <laughs> what? No, I want it now. Yeah, but I think I think they're, they've got many, many Spider-Mans in the, in the pipe that they're working on, as well as Ration Clank, which drops next month, which, God, it looks Ooh, yeah. so, so so good i cannot wait for that game next month but yeah kudos to insomniac and the fact that they've addressed this and knowing that they own the ip like whether they just had like microsoft had it for a time-based period or they bought the rights back so they've got full control of the uh sunset overdrive destiny moving forward but miss hart let's move forward into this topic tweet of the week this tweet comes to us via way of jj from row and it was simply just a Duke appreciation repost. Uh, the Duke appreciation post, hashtag RE Village, uh, came with an assortment of uh, high-res snapshots from the Capcom Survival Horror Classic because there is a lot of uh, uni- unified love and support getting thrown towards the Duke this past yeah. week as uh, Resident Evil now has been out for eight days, funnily enough, and uh, everyone's big on the Duke. I was not big on the Duke when he was first highlighted in the uh, in the trailers, but playing the game, I'm a fan. I like the big fella and what he brings to the game and some of the quips and uh, the stories and the moments you have with him. And he's just the best. 
I think it's great. Everyone was frothing over, uh, you know, how how many foot tall woman, and I'm just like, but you got the jig, man. Like, check out this guy's setup. Like, every time you run into him, he's just absolutely set. He's a man that knows like what's about and what to do. And um, yeah, I like if I was to play this game, which we've all established, I'm still too, you know, spooked out to actually try it. <laughs> um, I would probably just hang out with the Duke if I could. Yeah, he's, he's great. You have some really good interactions with him and like, yeah, everyone, everyone's still horny and rightfully so for Lady Dimitrescu, the nine foot six vampire. But like the Duke's stature is a sight to behold as well. Like obviously he's a very, very large round individual. Not, you know, I'm not, not body shaming or fat shaming here by that statement, but he's also very tall. Like he is very very tall as well he'd be i reckon he'd be over seven foot himself like anytime you you deal with him the 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 way the camera shot like it's framed you're always looking up at him so he's like this big behemoth uh but he's a sweetheart and he helps you out he cooks your mad meals he upgrades your weapons he buys the, the 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 treasure based corpse items that you find on enemies you kill like you know He's he's a good fella and, he, and he's helping you out and, and he and he does some good things in the game and you have some good exchanges and he's wise to the players like we talked about this before we started recording when when you meet him around the the village hub worlds uh, you know his little his little decor and aesthetic changes ever so slightly and when he's in Castle Dimitrescu he's actually got like um, strings of garlic around himself as a little <laughs> little nod and homage to you know the old vampire lore of yesteryear which I think's brilliant. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I'm I'm still just glad there's some people out there showing the Duke some love. But like everyone's still frothing over the uh, um. Demet- I don't want to say it the way people say it. I want to say like Dimitrescu. Yeah. No. It's it's Dimitrescu. Is the uh. There's no you. It's uh. Yeah. Lady Dimitrescu. Or Lady D. If you just want to shorten it, Lady D. You know what? Lady D it is. Um, speaking of D, have you seen people modding um, the game so you have a fly swat so you can spank her arm? Yeah, I have. And um, yeah, if I was playing on PC, that mod would probably be installed on my computer and I'd be uh, be smacking her around because she smacks me around quite a bit in that game with those big, uh, big expendable claws that uh, do massive damage. Yeah, I was pretty surprised actually how quickly mods came out for that game. There was the Barney and Friends like mod, and there was like uh, you can change Lady Dem- Lady D's face to Mister X. Yes, yes, um, which is interesting. And if you want to go real nightmare fuely, you can turn Lady D or most of the other characters into Thomas the Tank Engines, and getting chased around <laughs> by Thomas and Friends does not look enjoyable at all that would scare the bejesus out of me shout out to the imagination of the mod community yeah but then you know the duke does the duke just become the fat controller right itself oh but anyway anyway yeah modders gonna mod and uh there's another mod where they've they've converted the game into like third person mode so you can sort of get that traditional over the shoulder resident evil experience which looks okay but like the first person for Resident Evil, that's the way I want these games to all be for future. I'm, I'm all about the first person uh, perspective for, through Village and, and, and um, Seven and, and more of that, please and thank you. Uh, I'm mm. going to try Mercenaries mode this week too. Try that little mode and see how that goes. Oh, yeah. Actually, did you see that people got mad at finding out what um, Ethan looked like? Yeah. Yep. Very, very disappointed. And um, because cause Ethan, he's just the everyman, you know, they, they don't really show his face in the game, which is strange <laughs> to me. 
But I get it because, you know, they they want you to, to feel like you're firmly in his shoes. You know, you are Ethan Winters That's true. and stuff. Okay. Yeah. But it's just weird that they, they have so much focus on all these other characters and you see them up close and their faces and stuff but ethan is always shot from the from behind or he's out of mm. out of focus or whatever and i get it <laughs> from hands from hands yeah those <laughs> those poor poor hands but anyway yeah listening to the resident evil spoiler cast in full and you can get out full juicy details or go back to thg 240 and get uh, another 30 minute deep dive where i just ranted about everything uh resident evil village in non-spoiler fashion as well but miss hart gonna tell you about what's coming out this week you ready ready new releases and events obviously monday the 17th would be the the launch day of this episode of thg 241 but if you're coming back tomorrow on tuesday the 18th you're going to get the latest episode of hoop dreams wednesday the 19th you're going to get another episode of is this thing on kofi podcast exclusive starring yours truly and miss ali hart talking about all cool things related to superpowers and superhuman abilities and the moral compass that comes with those types of things. So uh, get that in your ears for the low, low price of $5 AUD per month. Thursday the 20th. This is a game that we've sort of talked about here and there that was shown in a couple of indie showcases. The Wild at Heart comes out on Xbox, uh, Xbox One, PC, Xbox Series X and S. Do you remember this little one? It's like a um, uh, two, two kids fleeing hardship traverse into this like hidden realm there's magical creatures it's got a really cool art style to it i'm keen as a bean for it it's done by moonlight kids and um yeah i'm gonna gonna give this a go because it's uh part of game pass dropping this week i'd love to say like with 100 percent confidence yeah i'll totally give this game a go but i am so backlogged with games it is not funny mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about backlog and uh number twos and things this this episode that sense a theme <laughs> running theme i'm apologizing <laughs> uh friday the 21st sees a heavy dose of new content dropping on streaming services so uh army of the dead the zach mm. schneider zombie film makes its way to netflix as well as season seven of the hundred i really like the hundred that's still going. I remember when you first told me <laughs> all those years ago that you'd watched The 100 and you, I think you were even trying to sell me on it. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. You're, but- you rarely <laughs> buy what I'm selling, I've realized on here as far as viewing things. Like, it sounds good, but you just never get there. <laughs> I'm trying to think the times where I've actually picked up on what you that, actually the ha- sold me. Hannibal is one you did. But you disappointed me, remember? The first season was great. Second season was meh. And then I even didn't finish the first But I think I told so you shit. that. I think I pre-warned you that it sort of goes downhill. I don't think you did. Mm, sign of a good salesman then. See, I got the sale and I got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> no take backsies. All right. Friday the 21st also sees Marvel's MODOK making its way to Disney+. Oh. Plus. So that's the next little animated hit with a completely different tone to most of the other Marvel stuff doing the rounds at the moment. It feels like it's almost like a, maybe, maybe a less uh, foul languaged Harley Quinn that we're seeing at the moment. It seems like it's got a bit more of a comedic lean to it as opposed to the straight and narrow. Probably not going to get the same amount of curse words and violence that uh, Harley Quinn does, but it looks fun. It looks, looks quirky. looks interesting. It could be bleeped out. It is done by the same, like, um, same people who did Ro- Robot Chicken, I believe. And, um, I mean, Patton Oswalt is playing Modoc, right? Yeah. I love Patton Oswalt. He's such a treasure. He's, he is a treasure. 
So I'll just watch it for him alone. Yeah. So, so yeah, a good chunk of that dropping this coming Friday. So Modoc season seven of the hundred, if you're still invested in that show, like I am, cause it's great. And uh, army of the dead, uh, a nice fun imagining on the traditional zombie story from Zack Schneider who's coming out and you see some of these quotes where they're like uh, Warner Brothers and DC are doing all they can to stomp the Schneiderverse from ever occurring. You know, they don't want the Zack Schneider universe. It's not happening. They're very against it, uh, which is bizarre because the amount of praise that uh, Justice League is getting, you think they go, you know what? We done fucked up. Let's uh, let's give Zack another go and let's build out and re-highlight just how talented he is. But anyway. Yeah. That brings to the end of. I, I don't, sorry, Ms. sorry. I was gonna say I haven't, I haven't really been sold on it, so I'm, I'll have to wait. On Army of the Dead, yeah. not even with Dave Bautista in it. I love him, but uh, something weird about this one, like it's, uh, it's not selling me. I think it's the neon. Like it feels like a little bit like the like hey, Suicide Squad. I don't know. Mm, but Suicide Squad has been confirmed to have an R rating, which is exciting. Uh, which, uh, the, which I'm yeah, keen the, for. For the film the version, yes. And um, also in, in Dave Bautista related news, did you see he turned down being in the Fast and the Furious movies because he was too busy trying to pitch a Gears of War film to the Gears studios? War, which yeah. go, Dave, get it happening. Gears of War would be a fantastic franchise to translate to the big screen. Like it's you know Starship Troopers with more horror to it. Like you know more well, like not, it's not aliens, but you know it's got that sort of tone to it where it's machismo and bravado and big dudes with big guns and violence and gore and stuff so give me that yeah give me that but miss hart that brings us to the end of thg 241 anything you want to say before we close down the studio for another week uh no i think i'm good for this week i apologize to all our listeners for i don't know why but all the subtle poop references i apologize but if you've been listening long enough for this podcast think you're kind of used to it by now so it's on you exactly yeah the the feces flies regularly here in the discussions around (laughs) the studio uh yeah figuratively of course no one is throwing real poo around here because we are grown-ups but 8-bit nation thanks again for stopping on by we'll see you next week for episode 241 no 242 because this is 241 much love stay hungry You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. So much poo talk. This is your reminder to restock on your Metamucil. <laughs> and remember, people, wipe front to back. <laughs>